good morning. What a, a weathery day. It's winding like crazy out there. We have contingency plans. If the power goes out, I mean, we know how to do weather here. So just know if it goes out, your cell phone light is going to be your best friend. And we're going to go that way. Out that way. <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, I haven't been praying for that either, cutting my sermon short, but you know, some of you might be. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> All right, um, we are going through uh, Experiencing God. We're on Unit 4, and so we've been plugging our way through here. This is our fourth week, um, and so we're going to start like we always do with the memory verse. Now, I was thinking about just, you know, not putting it up there, and we all just go for it and see <laughs> who's been working on it and see how that uh, has been working out for us. But uh, we're going to do the same way. I'm going to take away some words as we practice through this. So this is John 14, 21. The only thing I want to just point out, if you're memorizing it from the book, that was the NIV, and so is this, but there's just a couple word changes in here because the NIV updated like a decade ago or so, and so it says them instead of him, and I think that should be about it. So here we go. Let's all just say it nice and loud, get our lungs warmed up. <clears throat> John 14, 21. Ready? Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and will show myself to them. John 14, 21. I, was, I looked away, and my brain was like, Whoa, I'm not ready for this. Okay, let's try it again. We're going to take some words out here. See, I was nice. That's not crazy. Here we go. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. John 14, 21. All right, here we go. Okay, we got some more. Actually, it's a pretty dramatic leap between this one and the next one, so this is your chance right here. Memorize it now. Here we go. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and will show myself to them. John 14, 21. All right. I think this is the last one. Oh, no. Oh, sorry. I jumped the gun. We, got, we, got, we have another chance. Here we go. I left the first word up there for us. Ready? Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and will show myself to them. John 14, 21. And I was super nice. I didn't take it all away. You've got the word I. So doesn't matter how you're doing. I want to hear I when we get to that section. Here we go. <laughs> all right. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and will show myself to them. <laughs> nice, good job. And I, <laughs> I'm just going to assume you were saying the rest of it as well. <laughs> You're counting the spaces. Yes, I. <laughs> All right. That was good. That was good. So just encouragement as we keep reading God's Word and memorizing it. We want, it to, we want to meditate on that. And even before we get in, uh, to the, the sermon today on, on Unit 4, <clears throat> I was reminded by some people that uh, there would be really good to cover uh, just a little brief message on grace and how it applies to this journey that we're on through this book. 
Um, because we know, we've been, we've been walking for a few weeks now, we've got, we got daily readings, right? So if, if you were not here for a week or something happened and you were behind, it would be really easy to get behind uh, what we're working on here. Five days a week with daily readings. There's those activities and we're processing through things as well as scripture memory. And so um, this, some of us are going through and, and it's just wonderful. And we're just like learning a lot and it's like, yay, great. And others, uh, because of whatever, stress, life, worry, is going through and it's just harder. And what, what can happen if, we're, if we get behind is we will subtly, <clears throat> or not so subtly, Satan will try to uh, make us feel guilty about what we're doing or how we're doing and, and whatever. So I just feel like uh, it's really important to, even before we go further, just to kind of look at um, just what, what are we doing with this study? And what are these spiritual disciplines of scripture memory and daily quiet time and prayer? How does that all fit in? Um, so we, we, don't want, we, want, we don't want the stress or anxiety or the joy to be sh- sucked out of the process of following Jesus and knowing him deeper. So um, I just, I just want to go through a couple scriptures, a couple points here. First, just to start, we know that God has ordained certain things that are called spiritual disciplines or, or soul training exercises, things in scripture that enable us to grow, that he has ordained to help us to grow. And I, I'm going to put some up here on the screen just to remind us some of them. So some of these are commanded and some are just implied like good things for us to do. So we got meditation, uh, giving thanks, prayer, giving, serving, fasting. So you can see there, I put the, the scripture uh, verses uh, up there to follow, or just so you could look it up and, and see where those come from. But here's the question. How do we maintain these things and grow habits of faithfulness through self-control and, and spiritual disciplines without becoming anxious or, or um, joy-deprived, right? So like, how, how does this happen? And this is important. And we, and we could talk about this and have in the past a lot, and, and it'll come up again because this whole message of grace is central to what it means to be a follower of Jesus but I just want to focus on two things here that will hopefully help us uh, get a good perspective on what this whole experiencing God journey is that we're, we're along here. So here's number one. We need to remember that our righteousness was already secured for us in Jesus Christ. Okay, so listen to 2 Corinthians. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. See, if our righteousness is in Christ, then that means we're fighting and struggling uh, from a place of, a, of approval. We're not trying to gain approval from God. We already have that approval, right? That is, that is so huge. That, that's what motivates us and enables us to get into the word and pray and, and do this work, these, these works that God has planned for us without it becoming this guilt, legalistic, religious activity that we're trying to do. So why does that matter? Here's the deal. If at any point you're feeling uh, guilt over what you have or haven't done, like just know that is a lie from Satan and we need to shut it down with truth from God's word, right? God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of Christ. He doesn't look at us and see all the garbage. He sees the blazing white glory and righteousness of God. And that's nothing you've done. And if you get up tomorrow and, and pray for an hour and read your Bible till noon, it will not change a single thing about how God views you, right? So that's just, that's the first thing. Remember, we are already secured in the righteousness of Jesus Christ for those who believe. So anything that tells you you're not enough is a lie, as my mom used to say, straight from the pit of hell. So don't believe it. Here's number two. 
And this is, this is just, there's so much uh, more, but these are just the two. We need to embrace grace, right? To fill the space between who we are and who God has called us to be. Right? So we've, this is, nah, let me just read the scriptures before I wander off. 2 Corinthians 9 says this, God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. So God is always going to give us the grace we need to enable us to move day by day towards who he has called us to be, right? So where you are and what you're doing, God is not like, man, I wish they were over there. He knows exactly how many times you're going to have to hear it before it sinks into your brain so that we start to be and act more like Jesus. He's never frustrated with us or annoyed at the way that we're living our life or the things that we think are holding us back. So, and then this is a great verse. And even when we do fail, John tells us that we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. There it is. That's our righteousness. And he is standing before God, pleading our case on our behalf, right? And, and just know, and, I, and I, I think there are people who need to hear this, and, and myself included, that if life is hectic, or you find yourself struggling to keep up with this experiencing God, journey that we're on because we've laid down, you know, daily readings and we've, we've got a weekly memory verse, whatever it is, just know that there is nothing you can do or fail to do that will ever change God's love for you. So don't stress. We cannot let that worry and bother keep us uh, down in our walk with Jesus Christ. You just wake up and humbly submit and trust him to do the rest. He will give you everything you need abundantly to live a life in him. Okay? So there's, there's good stuff, there's good stuff in, <clears throat> there's good stuff in experiencing God, there really is, but I hope that we are, we are seeing experiencing God as the book that it is, written by a fallible human being, and we are going to the word of God as the source of everything, and there is good scripture in that book, but, but we need to make sure we, even the concepts in the book, we are running through the word of God, right? So just, just be aware of that as we go through this, it's, it's a fantastic study, but we do need to, uh, we need to make sure that our, our hope and, and we're not, is, is in Jesus and in the word of God and we're not getting distracted by all the, the things that look a lot like legalistic rules, right? That's not what we want. Okay, so I got that out of the way. That's really, and I don't know, maybe, maybe that's all some people need to hear today, but we are gonna keep going. <clears throat> so we looked at a progression this week in unit four um, that goes like this. Know God, Love God, believe and trust God, and obey God. And it was actually believe God and trust God, but I, I condensed them. But know God, love God, believe and trust God, and obey God. So that's going to just kind of be the roadmap for us today as we, as we just briefly look at these. We're going to unpack these at length in the weeks to come. And this is kind of just a part two of what Yvonne taught us last week about God's pursuing us and wanting a love relationship with us. And this is just kind of part two. Now, what is that love relationship going to do? He's going to invite us to join him, to be on mission with what he's doing throughout the world, right? In your life and in your community, your family and the world. So that's, that's where we're going uh, today. So we're going to start with know God. And in this unit, he really did a good job in, in the book, um, explaining what knowing is and what it isn't. There's a big difference. If you just know about God, that's not what we're talking about. The Bible doesn't talk about just knowledge about God being enough. 
And so I think I shared this before, just my own struggle growing up as a kid in a Christian home, and I knew a lot of facts about God. And, and I didn't just, you know, know all the stories and read the whole Bible. I, I, was, I was trying to obey. I was trying to serve him, and I was trying to do these things, but it was just based on my knowledge about God. And that's not what the Bible is talking about. Listen to this statement. A relationship with God is not just about knowing God. You'll never be satisfied just knowing God. It'll never be enough, right? It'll just leave you empty. Knowing about God and facts about God is is not enough. So knowing in the Bible has a broader definition than we use in English, where we just say, oh, I know him, you know? I know that place, right? So to know God involves relationship, fellowship, concern, and most importantly out of all these is experience. To know something in the Bible was to have understanding, like intimate understanding and knowledge of that thing, and it implied experience. So that's huge. We're talking about a relational knowledge of God that leads to experience. Does that make sense? All, all the way through. In fact, this is not in my notes, but uh, when it, the word used when it says that Adam knew Eve has like sexual connotations. That's what it meant. That's like that intimate knowledge of someone came in the marriage relationship. So Knowing in the Bible has a much broader meaning. So as every time you hear this, I I'm, I'm know God. We need to know God to understand God. We're talking about a relationship of experience. Okay, so I guess just to, to wrap that up, it's, it's possible to know a lot about God without having that relational experience. So some of us right there just need to go, okay, so maybe I know a lot, God, a lot about God, but I haven't sought God enough for him to reveal who he really is so that I would, I would develop that relationship where I come to know him by experience. So here's the deal. If we start to know God in that way, it will lead us to love him. And this is, this is why. And this is our, our next, uh, the next like truth I want to put up there. And that is God is love. See, and if he is love, then his will is always best. And, and, and we know that if, if we spent even a little bit of time with God and in his word, like that is all through scripture. But I just wanted to unpack that a little bit more. So his character, his essence is love. That's different than saying God is loving, right? Like that as if it's something he does. Because if it is, he could just choose not to be loving sometimes. Like that person is loving and then over here, wow, they're totally not loving now. God's not like that. It's a part of who he is. Like I cannot cease in my to, to, to not be who God has made me, right? That's, that's a part of who I am. God has, does not even have the ability to act outside of his character. He is all the time, in all ways, going to express his will for your life in love. And what that means is that every time he speaks, his will is perfectly best for you because he is love in who he is. So listen to this. How, how, how do we know that that God has, loves us in that way. Look at these two verses we've heard before. So this is John who, who walked with Jesus on the earth. He was his closest, dearest friend while, while Jesus was here. He testifies to the death and resurrection and ended up being exiled to an island in, when he was really old to, uh, because of his words and, and testimony about Jesus and his resurrection. So listen to this. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That's how much he loved him. And then, and this is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. So that's the depth of love that we see here. So how does this help us, and why does it matter for us to, to understand that God is love in all he does? Remember, in our process, know God, love God. 
believe and trust God. This is going to be foundational for us to be able to believe and trust God. We've got to understand that everything he speaks to us is, our, is for our absolute best. Absolute best. If it wasn't, then he wouldn't be completely and perfectly love, loving. So as we come to know God and he reveals himself as love, and we in turn love him, then we're going to believe and trust him, right? And even as, before we continue, actually, I just want to point out that know God, love God, believe and trust him, they're not, they're not, it sounds like it's a step-by-step program. Wait, no, now I trust him, now I obey him, right? It's not like that. This is happening all like this, right? I know God, he reveals himself, and then I respond to him in love, and, I, and through trusting him and believing him, I obey him. And then because I obey him, I experience him, he speaks to me, he reveals what he's doing, and I learn more about who he is and what he's doing in the world, and I obey him. Like, it's just this mess going back and forth. So just as we go through this, keep that in mind, because it does sound very rigid, and it's not. So as we move into this next one, this believe and trust, here's one of the things that sometimes becomes a barrier to our ability to believe and trust God is because we doubt this truth. God is all-knowing. So if he's all-knowing, his directions are trustworthy. We can trust them completely. And this is, this is huge. You would think almost, well, if God speaks and he's love, isn't that enough? Isn't it enough just that I know that everything he says will be for my absolute best? Well, without this, he could like have the best things for you and want the best but not know what's going to happen. And then he's like, oh, <laughs> That wasn't the best for you. My bad. So when we put these together, when we put these together, his love and his all omniscience, his knowing everything, now all of a sudden we can believe and trust in a God where nothing is going to catch him by surprise. He, he has what's best for you and he knows exactly what's going to happen when you obey. So we can follow a God like that. If one of these was missing, he would uh, be a little more scary. Listen to this. This is kind of going back to the opening session, just about, or section, just about grace. But I wanted to share this first because it encourages us even when we've forgotten who we are and who we are becoming in Christ. But listen to this. This is the verse about how God knows everything, but I love this first part. John, again, this is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. That's grace. The ability to rest in the presence of God, a holy and perfect God, is only grace. Is only grace. So listen to this. If our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. He knows it all. That is a great verse of grace. But here's, here's this attribute of God that allows us to fully believe and trust him in all situations. If you ever stop and think about God knowing everything, like past, present, future, he's existing outside of time. So he, he's seeing it all happen right now. There's nothing in, in, I mean, we're talking about 2019 right now, but, but the things that have happened in the very past, like he sees them as if they're all happening right now. And our minds go, because we can't fathom life outside of time. But this is the God who said, let there be time. And there was time, right? He created this whole thing. So, so he doesn't guide you in all love and hope it works out, right? He speaks in love and he knows It'll work out because anything that God purposes to happen always succeeds. Always. And I, I love the example that Blackaby gives about the minefield, right? So there's this field. I have no idea why we're trying to get across the minefield, but in the analogy, clearly we need to get across this field and there's mines everywhere. So someone from the area who knows the location of every single mine offers to take you across. 
So it would, would, our, would our first uh, response be, oh, whoa, 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 I don't, you don't need to tell me what to do. I don't need you to, to tell me how to live my life. I can make my own decision. Thank you, right? Or would it be like, oh, you step here? Okay, all right, where next? Is it this one or that? Okay, right here. You know, that's, we would follow so close. I wouldn't step anywhere where that guy didn't st- step, right? Mainly because he's proving there's no line, mind there, but yeah, I mean, we're gonna walk. And if he says, don't go that way, that will totally mess up your life because it's called a mind, right? I'm, I'm going to trust him. I'm not going to say, no, 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 I've got this, you know? We're going to stay as close to that person as possible because they know what is going to damage or could massively alter our life, right? Listen to this uh, verse in Deuteronomy 32. This is Moses, an old man. He's right before he's going to die. He kind of recounts the whole law that God had given to the people of Israel. Right? How, how, these, these things where it just said, if you, if you do this, God will bless you. If you don't, God will, will withhold his blessing. Right? There'll be blessings and cursings. You get to choose. <clears throat> it's a very specific covenant that God had with, with the Israelite people. But listen to this at the end. He says, Take to heart all the words I have solemnly declared to you this day, so that you may command your children to obey carefully all the words of this law. They are not just idle words. They are your life. That's what God's words are to us. They, I, I love my Bible. He does, God doesn't make suggestions. He gives commands. Like he's just not like, ah, well, if you want to do this, you can. But, you know, just do whatever you want. Like he, he gives clear and specific directions. And that is so, it's so comforting to us who, who are in this relationship with a God who knows what's best and he knows exactly what's going to happen. That's a God I can follow. That's a God that I can give up everything in order to obey, right? Which is exactly where this leads us. If we love him, if we know him, we'll love him. He's going to reveal himself as the God of love, and we will love him. And then we can believe and trust him. And if we believe and trust him, when he speaks, what are we going to do? We're going to obey. We're going to obey everything he, he says. And, I, and, and we're going to talk about obedience more, so I don't want to spend a lot of time on this. But listen to this verse we've been memorizing. John fourteen twenty one. Whoever has my commands and obeys them is the one who loves me. Look at how intricately, integrally, intricately linked love and obedience are. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I too will love them and show myself to them. So even in the process of obedience, we're going to see God show up again. He's going to reveal more of himself through obedience. So obedience, love, love, and obedience. Um, I don't know if the slides are up there. If, are, are, is John 15 in the slides? Can you show me what the next slide is? Oh, I summed it up, apparently. Okay, I had them all up there. But let me just, in, I just couldn't come, I, I wanted to show you the, the link between love and obedience. Um, but just listen to this, since it's not up there. And just back and forth, commands, love, obedience, love, all the way through this. This is John 15, starts at verse 9. As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant doesn't know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learned from my Father, I have made known to you. You didn't choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love one another. 
He's just back and forth, love and obedience, love and obedience, love and obedience, obeying commands, listening and love and obedience, just all wrapped up. And so we're going to cover that more um, again in, in future sermons, but when it comes to obedience, the important thing for us to, to recognize is when God is speaking. Where is, he, where is he at work around us? And this was foundational for me. I, I can remember a time when, when if you told me, or you had asked me, where is God leading in your life, I could not give you an answer. I didn't know. I couldn't just point and go, well, that's clearly God, and this is God over here, and he's, he's leading me in this direction, and I see that and that person. I just, I didn't know because I had never been, I'd never been shown the things that only God can do. So I just want to end with, with this. I just remember, I, I, you know, knowing God, loving God, obeying God is all just this relationship walk journey with God, right? But look at how this plays out so that we can start to see him. This is a quote from Blackaby. God makes your heart tender and sensitive in the love relationship with him so that you are in, ter- in tune with what is on his heart for the circumstances around you. See, if, if we skip the love relationship and go, I'm just going to go join God. I'm just going to be on the lookout for what God is going to do. We're going to miss it. We're not going to be able to see. Our hearts are, are uh, put in tune. We're, we're able to understand fully what God is doing because of the time we've spent with him. He reveals more of our, himself in that time. Now we can go out into the world and see where he's doing. So here's a list of some things that only God can do. They should be up there. Number one, he draws people to himself. He causes people to seek him. He reveals spiritual truth. He convicts the world of guilt about sin, convicts the world of righteousness, and convicts the world of judgment. These are just some of the things. But when you see these things happening around you, you don't have to wonder, I wonder if God is doing that. That is God at work. And so... When, I, was, when I, I began to spend time with God and, and be in his word, I recognized just that was God at work in my life. The desire to be in his word is God causing people to seek him. So when I woke up and I was like, I want to be in the word today. And even if I didn't want to be in the word today, I opened the word of God and God spoke to me. He revealed something to me. I was like, that's God at work right there. And so I could acknowledge that and praise him for that and write it down and, and I would know, okay, God is clearly doing something in my life. So it doesn't matter if it, if it had to do with me, if I'm understanding spiritual truth or if I saw someone else seeking Christ or, or their heart is being convinced about the righteousness of God. That doesn't matter. I began to recognize that God was at work. That's when you start to see, oh, and you can call and you can just name it what it is and praise God that you are seeing him moving and working around you. So um, my prayer is just that our relationship with God would become real and personal and practical, and we can look at those things and go, that's God working. And it's not just a minor thing when God speaks. This is huge. The words of God, the interactions of God in our life are our life. So we stop everything to hear and to respond in obedience. That's, that's just so pivotal. So if I'm seeing God work in my life, that I know that God is active and that obedience to his leading is the only course of action to follow. We're not left with choices. It's just to obey. If, if, if God has revealed himself as loving, if I know and believe that he is trustworthy, then obedience is all that I'm left with. So that's, that's the main uh, thing. Knowing God, loving God, believing and trusting God, and then obedience to God. And, and just as we close, um, in fact, Mickey can come back up and serenade this last section. Um, Knowing God, loving God, believing and trusting God. As we close, look at that list and and for your own life, think, is there a section here that I'm struggling with? Or maybe, maybe put another way, 
are there, are there things in here like doubts in one of those areas we talked about, maybe doubts that God is good or doubts that he is trustworthy, that his directions are always right or doubts that he has the ability to enable us to obey, the grace that will let us daily make that journey over to who he's calling us to be. Like, do you, do you have, do you struggle in those areas? And just to, just to know, this is what I love about Jesus. Every single time someone came with doubts and struggles in the Bible, Jesus always had time for them. And he started right with those doubts and struggles. He wasn't like, you're still worried about that? Let me tell you about how awesome I am. He, 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 would, he would walk with them from where they were to where they, he knew they needed to be, right? So, so if you're struggling with those and you just, man, you know, I, I know God and, and I, I have experienced him working, but right now I am struggling with, with belief and trust that he is good. Or maybe I have fear that his will is best, and that he is actually loving, that, that, that the love that he's, he's communicating to me is the best thing for my life. Just whatever it is in your life, just think through that and just come. Here's the deal. Knowing that God always loves it when we struggle and come to him humbly, like that's just his thing. If we could just be humble and broken before him, that makes his heart. He's like, I can teach that. I can do something with that. Just knowing that, this is my just challenge to us. Doesn't matter where you are. You could be far from God and have no relationship with him. Just know if you will come with that attitude to God and his word on a daily basis, he has promised to reveal himself to you. Just let that be the challenge for this week going forward. Because like I said at the beginning, this section right here is foundational to everything we're going to talk about. Like if, if, if something is off in our relationship with God, if we're not able to fully believe, trust, or we're struggling, doubt about his, his love for us, like that will become a major barrier to our ability to walk in obedience with him. Because <clears throat> it's all connected. It's all connected. So I just want to pray for us. And, and as, I, as I pray, um, just pray with me that God would enable us by his grace to live into that love relationship. And that through that, we would have the faith and confidence to move out into our life, our relationships, our conversations with the love of Jesus Christ flowing through us. So let's just pray. God, I thank you so much for just this opportunity to be in your word, to be reminded of some of these truths. There are a lot of things that come at us in our life, in, in the, our world, in our families that can become distractions, that can become barriers, that can, and then, and then you throw in the this, this spiritual warfare that is going all around us, the lies that Satan is trying to bombard our, our minds and our hearts with, that we're not good enough, that, that somehow uh, God isn't really good. I mean, these are the original lies Satan has used against uh, your people in, throughout the whole Bible. So God, I just pray that we would, we would remind ourselves of truth, that we would put ourselves in a position. That's what spiritual disciplines do. They put us in a position to hear and be molded by the Holy Spirit. So we want to sit down. We want to open the Word of God because truth flows through the Word of God. We want to pray because we know that you can speak to us through your word, through people around us, through circumstances to reveal what you're doing and how much you love us so that we can stand firm and then move out in the world in obedience to what you're telling us to do. God, I pray that you would soften our hearts through that whole relationship so that when we hear you speak, we recognize that you are, you are working around us and you're inviting us to step into that relationship with you and be a part of what you're doing in the world. God, I just pray that you keep us humble, and sensitive to your spirit this whole week. Um, yeah, just do, do the things that only you can do and help us to live in you more and more. We ask all these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen.